Support for this podcast is provided by New Pioneer Food Co-op, celebrating 50 years as Eastern Iowa's source for locally and responsibly sourced groceries with stores in Iowa City, Coralville, and Cedar Rapids, and online through co-op card at newpi.coop. Well, here we are. We're at the Gazette Fact Checker podcast, and you're here with us, so thank you for joining us. My name's Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. My name is Michaela Ram. I'm the Gazette's healthcare reporter. And I'm Marissa Payne. I'm the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. And we're, we're missing Elijah today, but he'll be back with us next time. Um, today, we wanted to talk about a, a fact check that's come from the state level. Um, the Iowa legislative session is, you know, going full bore right now. I listened to two committee meetings this morning already, and I know our State House Bureau reporters are just busy um, as all get out with different um, proposals, different bills and things like that. So the check that we're looking at this week is a tweet that the Iowa Senate Democrats sent out January 28th. And just to to clear that up, who the Iowa Senate Democrats are, it's I've been told it's the staff of the elected officials of the of the senators. Um, you know, I, I assume that it what they say would be in line with the thoughts of their of our elected officials, the Democrats that are serving in the Iowa Senate. Um, but I think that Twitter account is maintained by the staff. Um, so their tweet said, at Kim Reynolds, Iowa is proposing a budget cut to the already underfunded Iowa State Patrol. Kim Reynolds and Iowa Republicans are literally the only ones proposing to defund the police. So we decided to weigh in on that, and um, we started off by reaching out to Ron Parker, who's the director of the Senate Democratic staff, and he referred us to um, a legislative services agency analysis of the governor's budget. Now, just for a little background on how these budget proposals work, because I kind of had to refresh my memory on it, each of the agency heads in the fall preceding the legislative session comes forward to the governor with what they you know, want their budget to be within guidelines kind of provided by the governor. And we've been told um, this year that the governor had asked all the agencies to come forward with pretty much a status quo budget, so not increasing things dramatically from the previous year. So once they come forward, then the governor makes um, recommendations to the legislature with what she thinks the budgets should be for each of these agencies. And then the legislature hashes it out and then they appropriate the funds. So that's kind of how the, the, the course of this works. So in the legislative services agency's um, review of the governor's 2023 budget recommendations, it shows that she would reduce the Iowa State Patrol's budget by just under $400,000 from the previous year's budget. And it would drop the agency's total budget from 69.43 million to 69.03 million, um, uh, 0.6% cut. There's also small decreases for state fire marshal and division of criminal investigation, which all three of those agencies are under the Department of Public Safety. And the cuts are described as, quote, one-time redistribution of salary funding. So the Reynolds budget calls for increasing the Department of Public Safety's overall budget by $2.4 million. And like I said, that's the umbrella agency overall, um, over state patrol, fire marshal, DCI, 
And it says the $2.4 million would be to provide funding for department-wide salary adjustments and other related duties. Now, all that money is pretty much spoken for with salary increases and health insurance increases that are um, guaranteed under the, those law enforcement officers' contracts with the union. You know, that's not just like free money. The DPS can spend as they want. It's already kind of spoken for. So um, we find that the Iowa Democrats are um, are right in that the governor's proposed budget would cut the Iowa State Patrol's uh, funding for next year. Um, the second point the Democrats make is that the State Patrol is, quote, already underfunded. Just reviewing what the State Patrol does, they are like our main traffic enforcement out on the highways. In 2021, they assisted nearly 16,000 motorists, arrested 1,300 drunk drivers, and issued 76,000 speeding tickets. That's a lot of tickets, um, among other outreach they do. This is according to the budget presentation that Public Safety Commissioner Stephen Bands made to um, at the legislature on January 26th. And so not only did they all do all this, but there's also a trend toward um, really like high level speeding infractions. A lot of people kind of started during the pandemic driving like excessively over the speed limit, which creates, you know, very dangerous situations. And the Gazette also reported that Iowa's traffic deaths hit a five-year high in 2021. So State Patrol investigates a lot of those situations. Um, the State Patrol's budget went up from $66.5 million in fiscal 2021 to $69.4 million in 2022. So that was an increase between those two years, but then it went down slightly in this year's proposal. And but it, you know, it's accurate that the agency hasn't had enough money for a number of years to fill vacancies in trooper positions. And this um, Stephen Bands had said that to lawmakers uh, last month. The State Patrol had 296 road troopers in fiscal 2011. And this is a subset of just sworn officers because some of the sworn officers in State Patrol don't aren't out there on the road. So 296 troopers in 2011, and that number fell to 267 troopers by 2017, and has pretty much stayed flat over the last five years. Um, Bayens told um, lawmakers that the patrol was allocated 399 sworn officers, which includes those road troopers and others, but had 20 vacancies. So... Um, you know, I, I think that that kind of points to the underfunding, having all those vacancies. And then also one thing I noted is that the Iowa State Patrol also had to pay $294,000 this year to deploy 28 officers for 15 days to the U.S. border with Mexico. Um, of that, like about 100000 was regular wages that would have been paid even if the troopers were here in Iowa. So that was money that, um, my understanding, came out of the State Patrol's budget. So I think it's accurate to say the state patrol is underfunded. The last claim in this tweet is um, that, quote, Kim Reynolds and Iowa Republicans are literally the only ones proposing to defund the police. So I think we need to take a brief segue here to talk about the use of the word literally. So I was just reading um, a little bit about this, and there's an entertaining article in The Guardian about how the word literally is being used wrong that it's kind of being used in like a quirky, funny way to mean just the opposite of what literally means. Like people will say like, 
I, my leg literally turned to jelly. Well, no, it, it didn't, you know, you're, it's a metaphor, but, and I think that's what the Senate Dems are doing here is kind of like being conversational or colloquial. Cause as people do on Twitter, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? No, I love that you, you point that out. Um, because that, that is a good point. Language, we talk about this all the time on the pod, right? Language matters and the use of words matter. Um, so yeah, I mean, when they use the term, especially coming from the, the Dems Twitter account like that, when they say literally, they do mean literally the only proposals are either coming from Governor Reynolds or Republicans. So I would love to know if that's kind of what you found in this. Well, I think when someone uses the word literally, it it's just it's it's like we have to check you because we only have to find one person who's advocating for it. And and then you're wrong. I, I don't know. You know, it just seems yeah. like it, it, it's, um, you know, not that we want to find uh, people wrong. You know, we'd love it if everyone got A's on their checks. But um, so, you know, the idea of um, defunding the police was a big rallying cry in the protests um, as part of the, you know, following the murder of George Floyd in 2020. Um, but few government agencies have gone down that road. Uh, you know, the police perform a lot of vital services in the community. And I think upon further analysis by most groups, they've been like, oh, yeah, that's that's a bad idea. Maybe we'll want to reallocate some resources. But um, you know, few agencies have done that. Uh, but there are a few people who still say that. There's obviously activists who say it. Um, Indira Shoemaker won a seat on the Des Moines City Council on a platform that included defunding the police. So to say that the governor is literally, you know, the only one proposing this is not quite accurate. And, um, you know, she, I would say by um, decreasing the state patrol's budget, she's not out there with a placard saying defund the police. It's, you know, maybe she is defunding the state patrol to some degree, but it's, I just, I don't think that part of the claim is accurate. So I guess with kind of weighing those three statements, I thought it was um, more true than false and that I gave it a B overall. I'll hit it to you guys now. Yeah, initially I would agree with that, especially kind of to your point that you write here that sort of the use of the term literally um, really kind of does, you know, beg to be docked for that reason. Um, I don't know. I wonder if they meant that like, in terms of just the state house, if there are any Democrats who are proposing legislation around this, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of calls from activists. There's a lot of, um, you know, cities and entities sort of exploring, um, you know, what that would look like within their own jurisdictions. But I don't know if there's any other legislation that's out there, um, even if it doesn't have a chance to pass. Well, and even if you if you look at like the all the um, bills that have come up to ban or, or to regulate uh, the use of automatic uh, track of traffic enforcement systems, you know, to ban those traffic cameras that are super popular here and Cedar Rapids, you know, everyone loves getting ticketed on 380. Um, but if you look at some of the arguments that Democrats make for those bills, um, you know, against those, they try to use the argument that getting rid of these cameras is effectively defunding the police and so much of the revenue is used, uh, you know, to fund additional officers in local police departments. Um, 
I mean, so far, you know, those bills haven't actually like been passed. Um, but that's kind of the argument that they've tried to use in this, um, you know, just kind of this environment we're in with the defund the police movement. Um, so it's just interesting here that, you know, Democrats are trying to be like, we'll see, actually, they're defunding the police. Um, but I don't know if it's as effective as Republicans have been in kind of painting Democrats as this like socialist, you know, we're going to see a bunch of crime, an explosion of crime and Democrats want to get rid of police in your cities. Right, exactly. That's we've seen this a lot since the George Floyd protest, right? A lot of those political ads saying that your city is going to be chaos because your Democratic candidate or office holder wants to eliminate the police department altogether, right? Like I think we've heard that since George Floyd and since those protests have really happened. So it makes sense that the Democrats are sort of trying to reverse sort of that finger pointing that's happening from the other side. And and they're right, you know, I, I it, it appears from this, um, you know, the state patrols budget anyway, yeah. that there is less money there, but it's different from defunding the, you know, it's not like the state patrol has been eliminated and, you know, all those tasks that they perform are not going to happen and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's definitely like the defund the police, sort of the, the political rallying cry versus reducing funding or, you know, defunding, like in the literal sense, not to use the word literal again. Now I'm going to be checked on that, my own use of it. Now you used it right though. Good. <laughs> I was worried for a second. So I don't know. What do you guys think about the grade of B? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I agree with B, but I mean, to Michaela's point of do they mean just like at the state level that it's only the Republicans that are effectively defunding the police? Um, but I'm also not sure of, you know, every single piece of legislation that's been, you know, proposed between like the last two legislative sessions. And Well, know. yeah. And do we give a do we give speakers credit for what they might have meant like or do we you know yeah hold I mean, to your, word yeah because like, i mean to your point since they are saying literally to that kind of warrants the kind of like higher bar of like well there are people out there proposing this so yeah, yeah. I think i'm okay with the yeah, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, I feel, just sort of, do we give credit to what they may have meant or what they actually said? And I feel like our stance has always been to follow what they actually said and how people could interpret it and not necessarily interpret what they were trying to do behind it or what they, you know, actually meant. Um, so I'm good with the B in that sense. You know, they did use the word literally in their tweet, so we should kind of grade them based on that. Yeah. We can include, um, you know, I could add some language in there that, um, and I'll, I can double check with Aaron and James in Des Moines um, that, you know, that we're not aware of other legislation, especially, you know, legislation supported by Democrats at the state house that would call for defunding police or reducing budgets of law enforcement agencies. And, you know, that would just say like, if this is what they mean, mm -hmm. you know, that may be true, but we're still going to ding them a little bit for the way they said it. And, <clears throat> you know, kind of saying it was definitively, you know, no one else, you know, it's like, well, you know, not quite. So, yeah, okay. I think that sounds good. Okay, awesome. 
All right. So we have, I think, three potential checks uh, for next week, three claims that the fact checker team has um, found this week or people have pointed out to us. Um, the first one that I will share is a tweet by um, Senator Joni Ernst. Um, she says, 283,000 illegal immigrants were released into America this past year. 95,000 have gone untracked. Um, so that would be something we would look at. That's a potential claim. It's got a specific number. You know, it's always a little hard to find out like about what's happening on the border, you know, get numbers that are reliable. So we'd have to go to her and say, what's your sourcing for this? Can we get that sourcing and that kind of thing? Um, but um, Michaela, you also had one you wanted to throw out there. Yeah. Um, so this one comes from a uh, shout out to Aaron Murphy, our uh, Des Moines bureau chief, who sent me the audio of a media scrum with Governor Reynolds yesterday. Um, she was taking some questions on her decision to end the coronavirus disaster proclamation um, that's coming up this week. And so at one point uh, while she was taking questions, she said the following, um, quote, at the height of our hospitalizations in November 2020, for 75% of hospitalizations, the primary reason was COVID. Today, the number of hospitalizations primary beca primarily because of COVID are under 50%. So that's just taking a look at um, the main drivers of COVID-19 hospitalizations. And again, specific numbers. So I sort of propose that as um, something interesting to look at, especially kind of in the midst of our COVID-19 response. Yeah, that's a good one. And Michaela, you, you had a third one, right? No, I'm sorry, Marissa, that was the one you were going to highlight. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the ATE cameras, um, this claim would be looking at um, something from Cedar Rapids Police Chief Wayne German. Um, his, he's quoted as saying, deploying automated traffic enforcement cameras, we have reduced speed-related speed collisions, collisions that result in injuries and collisions that result in the loss of life. At least in that claim, he didn't throw out specific numbers, but... Oh, I know Cedar Rapids, of course, tracks data uh, related to those collisions. So we there we'd be digging into the police department's own data and finding out what they qualify for those, you know, in terms of the accidents they cited and that kind of thing. For um, And that's been an ongoing debate for like at least 10 years, you know, just how whether the traffic cameras make um, the interstate safer and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I think I think all three of them are good. I guess my kind of thought, just because of the timeliness factor, would be the Reynolds statement. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would agree with, too. I mean, next week, the proclamation's ending. Um, obviously, COVID-19, just like cases and hospitalizations, are still top of mind. Um, and I would hope, you know, with just how readily she said the statement, gov the governor's office would be able to point to sources quickly. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to take that on next week if we think that's the more urgent. I don't know if that's the right term, but of the of the three. Yeah, I agree with that. Do we want to use any of them for later checks or you know, wait until something else pops up? I mean, I think they're all potentially viable. We could send out um a request for sourcing to the other two speakers. And um, just plan to filter those into our, um, you know, our, our calendar, our rotation, I guess. Do we want to yeah. do that? 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's uh, especially good to include um, maybe that statement about the traffic cameras, because it has been a while since we've checked something locally. Um, so maybe kind of a good way to sort of break up um, our rotation of uh, federal politicians. For sure. Now, Marissa, the question would be, do you want to do that one? It's kind of on your beat, or would it be better for me or Elijah to take it? No, I'd be happy to do this one. I know Cedar Rapids would be happy to provide data, and um, even Mayor Tiffany O'Donnell has confessed to having a lead foot on 380 herself. Um, so I think that'd be an interesting one to dig into. I'll just say, I've never gotten a ticket on 380. So. I have indeed. <laughs> Wow. I, I don't know. I don't know. I did when I first moved to Cedar Rapids, and I learned very quickly not to do that anymore. So I, I can't be counted in the no ticket club, I guess. <laughs> well, I've gotten parking tickets, though. That sounds like a, a, something that, uh, Marissa, you have commented on on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, KCRG, for that one. You know, I was skating by not having to pay parking as much as I do in Iowa City. Traffic or parking uh, enforcement is not as strict here, but it sound, sounds like those days are over with some KCRG reporting. They're back. They're back. <laughs> back in business. <laughs> All right. Well, we will will um, wrap up for today. But if you um, see or hear a claim that you think we should check, um, let us know. You can email us at factcheckerathegazette.com. So until next week, I'm Erin Jordan. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm Marissa Payne. And we'll fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.